You're listening to The Human Upgrade with Dave Asprey. Formerly Bulletproof Radio. A state of high performance. You're listening to The Human Upgrade with Dave Asprey. And this is a special interventions episode where going to do a live biohacking intervention with one of our Upgrade Collective members who has a specific question about their health, their wellness, their performance. The reason that you want to listen to this is that there's a lot of people who would like to be selected to be uh, an interventions guest, but I'm choosing people who have problems that are going to educate and illustrate and inform you so that you say, oh, how do you think about this? How would I think about my own health? How do I think about being in control of my own biology? So the conversation you're going to hear over the next little while is a non-medical conversation. I'm not a doctor. I'm not pretending to be a doctor on a podcast or the internet. What I am is a biohacker. So I am going to say, this is something you should talk to your doctor about, but you could think about it this way. And I want everyone listening to this to understand, you get to think about your health however you want, and your doctor works for you. And there are tons of functional medicine doctors who are going to listen to this, that we get great feedback on these. And look, I'm not a doctor. I could be wrong, but you, you take this, you go to your doctor and you say, hmm, what, what about this? Have we thought about this? Could we approach it like this? And everyone listening is going to get something valuable out of this. Our, what's the word for that? Intervention-y <laughs> today is Cindy from the outer reaches of Indianapolis. Is that a fair, a fair way to describe it? It sure is. Hi. <laughs> Hi. So, what's going on? So, what's going on? I have a family history of some cardiac challenges or cardiovascular issues. And then from lab work, I am seeing that I'm repeating some of those steps. Lifestyle is drastically different. But quite honestly, Dave, I, I am fearful I'm going to have a heart attack or other issues. I have a six-year-old. I have an amazing husband. I just don't want to be severely ill or worse yet die. And so I'm nervous and I'm, I'm looking for guidance on what I can do to improve my health. So you want to live a long time, and the first step to living a long time, as you read about in Superhuman, is don't die, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm with you on that. It just so happens that according to a test from the DNA company, which is called thednacompany.com, uh, where I'm an advisor investor, I'm in the top 7% highest risk, uh, the quartiles of the population for cardiovascular issues. And they've been in, let's see, both of my grandfathers, my parents, it kind of runs in the family, you could say. So I also pay a lot of attention to these things. And you were feeling pretty good until you had kids, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, talk to me about that. How old were you when you had kids? I was a ripe old age of 42, which okay. I'll say naturally I followed a little bit of the book that you wrote about creating my own little superhuman. So I think that's where I initially started the journey. Um, I tried to eat and supplement well, had a C-section. Um, and then after that, I just was feeling tired. And my regular doctor said, you were a geriatric pregnancy. 
you are older. What are you going? What do you expect? <laughs> Geriatric is that what he said? Yeah. Did you punch him? Uh, no, <laughs> I refrained, but I fired him. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's one thing to say to a patient, look, you're at the older end of the range here, but I, I don't know, maybe geriatric has a specific Latin term that, that he or she was trying to use. But the bottom line is, um, that's probably not what you say to someone who just had a, a, a child. You say, congratulations on having your health there. You can also say, hey, the risk to the mother and to the child goes up with age. And it actually does on average. Okay, but your risk may not be average risk because you actually did some stuff before you got pregnant, which was one of the whole points of writing the Better Baby book. So that said, even if you account for all the risks you can, uh, your risk is still higher than it would have been if you did the same thing when you were 24. If you have kids at 24, it actually makes you live longer as a woman. Like it's good for you. Unfortunately, it kind of trashes your career. You're not really ready personally from a relationship perspective, from knowing yourself, and all of a sudden now you don't get to sleep for a few years because you have a new baby. All right, so those are so the downsides. You made a trade-off that a lot of women make, um, and one that you know, Lana and I, we had our kids at 39 and 42. So there you go, same ages. And you are, after that, you, you were diagnosed with some problems. You have... Um, well, so I guess you had MRSA, the this flesh-eating bacteria. When was that? Was that post-C-section? That was post-C-section. It, uh, it was probably about a year afterwards. So it okay, so it wasn't related to the hospital visit. It was you went swimming in a pool or something, and mm -hmm. something got you. No, no one knows why. Okay, and how bad was that? Like, were you on IV antibiotics a whole bunch and all that? I was on antibiotics for almost two and a half months, two different ones, and then. They were looking for stronger items, and that's when I said enough, um, and actually looked towards herbal interventions and using an inhaler um, or nebulizer with where, some where, things. Where was the MRSA? It was on my right shin. Okay, got it. But you were inhaling stuff like glutathione, I'm guessing, mm -hmm. things like that. And then okay. tea tree and lavender oil directly into the open wound. And actually, wow. that was when it finally turned around. You know what really makes me angry about that? Ozone therapy? Did you try that? I didn't know about it then. Well, see, ozone therapy for any bacterial infection, especially on the skin, like, hey, skin, here's an ozone cloud. I'm just going to put it over you with a bag, right? And it it resolves them. Like, there was no excuse for all this untreatable MRS. No, it's treatable. You just, you know, you're looking for a drug, right? And sometimes drugs are awesome, but in that case, in my house, the first, and my wife is an ER doctor, right? <laughs> so the first line treatment for any infection is let's put some ozone on that and watch it go away. And it, it's so exceptionally rare that it doesn't work that, of course, you can use Neosporin if you want to, right? <laughs> but for MRSA, Neosporin wouldn't touch it. So, okay. And that lasted for how long? Like a month or two? That was a couple months to finally get it under okay. control and healing. And so, then it so was... It, were you the same afterwards or not the same afterwards? I was still tired. and You were tired before and tired after, but there was no change? No. If anything, I probably started to develop other symptoms. Ah, and those okay. other symptoms then showed up in blood work to say, hmm, thyroid is off. And now you have rheumatoid arthritis. And that's new. That was new. Okay. So here's something that happens a lot of people don't know about. 
when you have certain kinds of bacterial infections, which include strep and staph, hmm, what does the S in MRSA stand for? Mm-hmm. That's staph, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's staph off the top of my head. I'm, de- I'm debating. I'm like 90% sure it might be strep. It's staph. Anyhow, they have something called polysaccharides that coat them. Polysaccharides are just longer chain sugar molecules. And we used to call that junk sugar. And we'd kind of scrape it off of cells to look at the good stuff in the cell. Uh, this is a, and a public service announcement for anyone listening to this. Anytime a scientist says something is junk, that's, I love saying this, that's misinformation. <laughs> By the way, there's no such thing as misinformation. There's information that's wrong and information that's right. And misinformation is uh, something that you would say like to a child when you're responsible for the child. But in this case, they said, oh, it's junk sugar. Well, it turns out that it regulates a lot of cell immunity and it's terribly important. And unfortunately, some species of bacteria and actually yeast and probably mold will create something that's very similar to what's on some types of proteins that you make. So then if you're unlucky enough to get this kind of bacteria and have this kind of polysaccharide expression genetically on the cells, say, I don't know, in your joints, and the body goes, oh, bacteria, let me attack the bacteria. It has this polysaccharide, this protein configuration, but it's usually the sugars. And then it goes into the joints and says, oh, look, there you go. Now you have rheumatoid arthritis. You now have autoimmunity. Now, what's interesting for you is you also have Hashimoto's thyroiditis. And this is exceptionally common in the world today. Most people aren't tested for it. Most people aren't even tested for insufficient thyroid. We're used to knowing, oh, as you age, your testosterone drops, your estrogen drops, your progesterone drops, but magically somehow our thyroid is supposed to stay consistent and solid throughout life. It's not even rational. So most people, as they age, as far as I can tell, have a thyroid that gets slower and slower. It's not always because of Hashimoto's, which is when the immune system starts to attack the thyroid because it got a signal that the thyroid, uh, that at least a protein on the thyroid or produced by the thyroid um, is an invader. The most common reason people get Hashimoto's is toxic mold in their environment, which wreaks havoc on your immunity. And grains are the number two reason people get Hashimoto's. And a history of having... Uh, problems with uh, other types of autoimmunity or certain genetics make you at higher risk as well. So let me ask you this, mold. Live in a moldy house anywhere? I don't currently, but used to. And How did a I know few that? years before I was pregnant, lived in Florida in apartments. So, oh God. Yeah. I love Florida. I used to commute to Florida every month for a long time when I worked for a company called Citrix of Fort Lauderdale. I didn't love Florida then uh, because of the mold. I like Florida now because apparently they stand for people being able to have basic rights and not be tracked everywhere and stuff like that. So aside from politics and all that stuff, it's hard to live in Florida because there's a lot of mold there because it's so swampy. How old were you and how long before your pregnancy did you live in, in Florida or was that after pregnancy? Before. So I lived there probably almost 15 years. And then I was moved back north about three, four years before I was pregnant. Okay. Did you have lots of weird symptoms when you're in Florida? I'm trying to figure out, did you live in a super moldy apartment that triggered Hashimoto's that took a while to hit? Or is this a new thing post-pregnancy, which is also a common cause? You know, it might have been there, but I 
You didn't, didn't notice. You weren't that. overweight. You weren't tired. You didn't have dark circles under your eyes and feel like crap and have weird dreams and nosebleeds and bruising and unexplained weight gain and all that stuff. I would say weird dreams. Okay. And I was always, you know, you how you say, I always have this 10 pounds that I would love to lose, but you just think, oh, I'm starting to age or I just can't. I'm too busy. There was always okay. that 10 pounds. And then that so that's added. inflammation. <laughs> and it, I bet if you were to go on, I don't know, Claritin, <laughs> like literally Claritin in the morning, Claritin at night, and maybe Pepsi AC for a week, you'd be, oh my God, look how my pants fit. Like even now. And that's where a lot of the 10 pounds that people talk about, you know, oh, I just want to lose this extra. It's actually not fat. And we can see that at Upgrade Labs on one of the things we use to analyze body composition. Like, oh no, that's water. <laughs> it's not fat. So do you experience even now, like love handles that get suddenly bigger and smaller that aren't related to a monthly cycle? Not anymore. I've really gotten strict and I think using my knowledge of the Upgrade Collective to okay. really target diet, no grains. Um, and so then, you remove defending things that trigger an allergic response so you get less water and less inflammation. Okay. Correct. So then the question is, what if there's something you breathe or something on your skin? And so if there's an oversensitivity of the body, um, I'm convinced 40% of aging is caused by inappropriate immune activation, mm -hmm. right? And I'm working on hacking that, but that is like a multi-year challenge uh, and uh, outside of just the stuff that I know and do. But I just, I know it's such a big thing for all of us uh, that I, I, yours is an interesting, an interesting case because it looks like pregnancy was the thing that precipitated all the immune changes for you. Is that, is that, does that feel true to you versus, oh, I lived in a moldy house a while ago and maybe it kind of tipped me in the wrong direction. I was a bit puffy. Yeah, That's no, kind of what I'm hearing. Yeah. Had, the weird dreams are usually mold, but. Yes. I feel like I had my daughter and then like everything just went downhill in a matter okay. of two years. Got it. And do we have a measurement of your copper levels? I don't think so. You ever have anemia? Been told you have anemia? Probably. <laughs> Probably. Okay. But not for a while. I'm uh, just glucose, sodium. I yeah, I'm not seeing. Easily. Okay. Hemoglobin's 5.2. Oh, no, that's never mind. It's hemoglobin A1C, not related. That's uh, your measure of blood sugar management, which is just fine. Um, all right. I'm looking through, I'm not seeing it. So here's something I would love to do. I'd love to see you get a, um, red blood cell mineral analysis to see what your levels are. Many, many women develop. Oh, did you get postpartum depression? No, I'm okay. surprised. Cause I were went, you tired, but not oh, depressed. Oh, yeah. Okay, so you were exhausted, but you didn't get the the full depression side of things. Mm -hmm. so, so, and this is going to sound gross, but I have to ask it. Um, you didn't eat your placenta fried in onions by any chance, did you? No. That's okay. No one does that anymore. But that's what we used to do for a really good reason, because that's where all the copper in the body goes. And you're so depleted after you have babies. And also, as you age, your mineral levels either get too high or too low, depending on the minerals. So you had... Uh, geriatric pregnancy. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. <laughs> uh, so your mineral levels were probably just off because that happens over life unless you eat a lot of organ meats and maybe take a lot of supplements. There's some cool supplements that can help with minerals. But my guess is that you depleted yourself woefully of copper. 
which then also can contribute to anemia because there's a close relationship between copper and iron. Um, and um, you'd want to just get the measurements on that. I, I can't tell you you have it or don't have it, but I'll bet you anything that you need some, uh, that you need some copper in your life. Uh, are you taking any organ meats? I, not on a consistent day, but I try to get liver into my, any sauces I can. Um, I'm sorry. Liver tastes horrible in sauces. It ruins the whole dish. You got to just grate them and put a lot of other <laughs> stuff in. I know. You can get powdered liver uh-huh. uh, from a variety of companies. I've been taking it for many years, or you can eat oysters. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's important. Uh, I think especially for you, because you had a baby later in life, uh, and that, that can, that's just depleting. I mean, a baby, your body is saying, okay, the species will die if this baby doesn't live. So whatever you have, it will take with reckless abandon and give it to the baby. Oh, all of your omega-3s, no problem. They go to the first baby. All of the minerals necessary, and it will leave you a dry, evaporated husk if necessary to make sure the next generation lives. By the way, this is a good thing. And anyone who thinks that a two-year-old should be forced to not see smiles and happy people for the safety of our of our older generations is wrong. You put all of the wood behind the arrow of the next generation. That's how humans work, right? And your body does that without even your knowledge or permission because that's what it does. And this is why it's so important we get moms ready with food <laughs> and toxin management before pregnancy, take extra care of our women when they're pregnant, and then after the baby comes, we feed the heck out of you with the best fats and the best minerals and we get you back in. And you did a lot of that because you were researched. But countering that was your age. And it's also very common for women to develop Hashimoto's post-pregnancy. And if I had to guess why, and I'm sure that there's probably some outraged, uh, probably epidemiologist hearing me say this, um, choosing a specialty of limited value. Sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> if you torture the data enough, it will tell. Anyway, to get off of epidemiologists and uh, making fun of professions that I actually respect. What I think is happening that isn't researched enough in pregnancy is, well, women can be allergic to certain types of sperm. And there can be mismatches between the male sperm and the female, well, egg, but basically the mother's immune system. So if, and, and there's a few cases where this is well understood and, and acknowledged and they're very rare. But I think that occasionally, like why is Hashimoto's happening? Why do autoimmune things get turned on during pregnancy? Well, it's a pretty good guess that there's something going on there that we just haven't studied that is, is genetic and immune related. So I can't tell you for sure what that is, but hey, there's a possibility because we know that this gets triggered and gee, what do you know? You have rheumatoid arthritis afterwards, which is autoimmune and you have Hashimoto's, which is autoimmune and you don't think you had those before and you lived in a moldy place for 15 years and didn't have much of any, okay? Here's the good news. If you could tolerate Florida for that amount of time and living in apartment buildings, which are notoriously not taken care of, okay, you're relatively immune uh, resilient and robust. And that's good, right? And today, you don't look from your face anyway that you're carrying a lot of extra weight. Are you overweight? No, if anything, I've lost weight start since I started with the Upgrade Collective. Again, just really understanding more about true diet, a little bit better okay. about nutrients, and changing the type of exercise I do. And it was weight that you wanted to lose? Yes. Yes. Okay. 
Good. So your original question there of what's going on with my coronary risk, and I haven't even asked about that yet. <laughs> what I've been asking about is inflammation risk. Like what's going on with your inflammation? Because what's the number one risk for cardiac? It's inflammation, right? And one of the things that we don't talk about a lot is that underactive thyroid function is a major risk for cardiac events. <laughs> so if your thyroid works, you have less of a risk for it. What's interesting here is you have pretty darn high antibodies to thyroid peroxidase, 166 when the normal level goes up to 34. So we totally know you have Hashimoto's, which means your immune system is not liking your thyroid right now. Your, uh, let's see, your free T4 is at the very low end of the range and your free T3 is off the low end of the range. And for people listening to this often, like the body yells with TSH and says, give me thyroid. And then the body says, here's some T4. And then it has to turn the T4 into T3, which you can feel. So what's happening here is your body's yelling, not enough. Um, in fact, no, no, no. Uh, yeah, your, your body isn't isn't yelling loud enough. Uh, it's got a 0.8 is your TSH, which is the, the screaming sound. From anti-aging purposes, I like to see it around 1. And a lot of doctors are saying a 1, 1 1.5. And someone who has a serious thyroid problem is going to have like a a 5 or very high TSH. What's going on is your body's not asking for thyroid. And that's why you have almost off the low end of of the range T4. And you have low T3. Which is, which would explain something. So what you would want to do there is you'd want to take more thyroid and your doctor has to work with you on that and you should be getting it up so that your um, your levels of T3 and T4 are where you want them to go. Okay. Normally, if you have a TSH, which is the body screaming, saying, I need more thyroid hormone, um, if your TSH is low, if it's underneath one, the body's saying, I don't really want any any more thyroid. And if the TSH climbs up and up and up, that's by saying, good God, give me more thyroid. And the body's not responding. In your case, the body's not asking for thyroid. It's actually under one. So this is a body that says, I have enough thyroid. But then when we look at your actual thyroid numbers, it's 0.88 is your T4. And the range starts at 0.82 and goes up to twice that number. And your T3 is beyond the low end of the range. So what's happening here is the body's not asking for thyroid and it's not getting the first step of thyroid and it's not getting the second step of thyroid and therefore you're tired all the time. And this increases your risk of cardiac events. So let's have you talk to your doctor and say, uh, why, <laughs> uh, you know, why are my T3 and T4 low? A normal you know, five minutes at a time doctor who's not trained in functional medicine is likely to say, oh, your TSH isn't high, therefore you don't have a thyroid problem because your body's not asking for it. But the reality is that your levels are too low and your body's asking for it because you're tired all the time, right? So fixing thyroid can have positive effects on autoimmunity as well. So I want you to really work with your doctor on that and say what's what's going on there. Um I like it that your C-reactive protein, which is an inflammation marker that is also highly correlated with cardiac events, it's doing what it's supposed to do when you are on the Bulletproof diet and you're just doing the biohacking lifestyle. C-reactive protein goes from zero to three. And if it's elevated, it's a sign that you have likely an infection or that you did the test right after a heavy workout or some other big stressor. 
And when people go on the Bulletproof diet, I expect to see C-reactive protein fall unless they have a root canal that's infected or they have some other thing going on. And if after a month or two of eating without all the bad stuff, nothing happens to their CRP, then we say, okay, you need to start looking at ozone therapy. You need to start looking at where and why and do some diagnostics work. And the other one uh, that I like people to look at is LPPLA2, which is a question of, is there an enzyme showing damage to the lining of your arteries? So this is one that's very important for you because you're concerned about this. Correct. Right? So I want you to get that one. But that isn't really the big deal for you, okay? Uh, you just want to know if there's damage. But you did a calcium score, right? That is a little bit scary because your calcium score was 198.39. I'm going to pull up that thing here. And actually, this looks like it was three years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And that put you in the top 99th percentile of people with calcium in there. I'm just looking at what this this was. And by the way, guys, if you're wondering, um, if you have a lab report from your doctor, you can share with anyone you want. You can put it on social media if you want to. Only your doctor has to obey HIPAA and all of that. So I'm just, just looking through this. Um, my calcium score is 0.6. <laughs> and yours is 199. Okay. So we got a problem here and we're going to figure out what it is. Um, I'm just scanning through it. Definite, at least moderate, uh, calcific atherosclerotic plaque burden. What if there was a way to level up your energy, get rid of stress and take more control of your body? Welcome to Quantum Upgrade. This is a new technology that taps into quantum energy to help you feel amazing. Quantum Upgrade has a lot of different products that help protect you from EMF and help activate your body's natural healing abilities. You can expect better sleep, more resilience, less stress, and better blood flow. The cool thing about Quantum Upgrade is that the products are backed by a lot of heavy-duty scientific studies, and there's a new measurable upgrade. You can now use Quantum Upgrade to increase your consciousness levels between 1,400 and 2,200 on the Hawkins map of consciousness. If you don't know what that means, do some research because it's impressive, it's fun to learn about, and it's something that I've come to understand. Ready to try Quantum Upgrade? Visit quantumupgrade.io slash Dave for a seven-day free trial. So you have, uh, check this out, cardiovascular risk uh, significantly greater than 1% to 2% per year for future cardiac events. Now, that's still a relatively low risk. I want you to just do that because the I'm scared part you said earlier. Okay. (laughs) Fear is also a risk for cardiovascular disease, right? (laughs) Right. Do you know your risk of getting in a car accident? (laughs) Do you? It's It's omnipresent. It's lurking. 40,000 people a year die of car accidents. Okay. And I really want you to worry about this. Or you could put on your fucking seatbelt and live your life. Okay. (laughs) We're going to put your seatbelt on for you here. Okay. And and you're going to come up with a plan, right? But you don't have to worry about this. You want to be present for yourself. You want to be present for your family, 
for your relationships, for your career, all this stuff, you can do that. But worry doesn't serve that goal. So I'm not telling you don't worry about this. I'm telling you pay attention to it, manage it, but the worry itself is counterproductive and actually makes the problem worse. So that is more on the personal development side of things like this. And what do you do about calcification like that? Well, I'll tell you a little story. Uh, One of my family members um, had a calcium score and it was low, not not meaningful. Then, let's see, I guess this was... uh, on his neck, uh, not uh, in his heart, but still valid. And he lived in a moldy house for six months, one that was condemned and burned after he moved out. <laughs> and uh, six months later, fully calcified LAD, um, you know, double bypass territory wow. sort of things. So I can show you the studies. They're all listed conveniently in a book called Fungal Bionics that show that exposure to certain mold toxins will trigger rapid calcification uh, and cardiovascular disease. Does that mean that you have mold in your house now? No. Does it mean you were exposed to mold? Well, we know you were, but you didn't have much of a reaction to it unless post-pregnancy you have more reaction to it, which is a good theory because you have rheumatoid arthritis post-pregnancy and you have Hashimoto's post-pregnancy that you didn't have before. At least we don't think you did. Correct. Right? Your joints didn't hurt before and you didn't have the thyroid symptoms. You weren't tired all the time. Okay. You can be tired from low copper, right? And you can be tired from other things like waking up all the damn time because babies wake you up all the time. But that's different, right? Mm-hmm. So there's something going on that, that may be going on now. I honestly would look at an air test in your house just to make sure because it's a few hundred dollars. And then you can make sure that you're not doing something like that. And then I'd say, all right, what do I do about this, this total calcium score? Well, there's a guy, um, relatively old school, um, who's been talking about this forever. Is a guy who was actually on the phone when my dad, um, geez, almost 20 years ago now, had a heart attack. I called Julian Whitaker, and he was kind enough to talk to me on the phone. And this is before I had a blog or anything like that. He didn't know who the hell I was, but he you know, picked it up and I talked to him. So you can use chelation therapy. And there's two ways to do chelation therapy. Um, the traditional way is intravenous, uh, where you go to a doctor, uh, usually a functional medicine doctor, and they use something called EDTA that will take calcium and other minerals out of your body. Then you replace them with, uh, with the good minerals. Right? So this is a, a powerful way to dissolve calcium unless you have an artery that's fully blocked, in which case, well, you can't get much of it in there. Right, and then there's some ultrasound things like that that could be uh, that could be helpful, um, but I do think you want to address the calcification. Are you taking a magnesium uh, yes. supplement? Yes. Okay, that can be really helpful. Are you taking vitamin K two? I take it with well, it's your vitamin. You do the ADK. K. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Um, so that stuff has some K two in it. Um, I find that people who take high doses of vitamin D, which is good because we are not making enough vitamin D because we never get to go outside anymore and because we don't get sunshine in our eyes and all sorts of stuff. And if you're, if you're in Canada, there just isn't sunshine half the year. <laughs> and it's probably not that dissimilar from where you are, right? You get some right. winters that are kind of long and oppressive. Yes. So um, vitamin K2 keeps calcium where it goes and, and is likely to lead to less calcification. So if you take D, I think it's a good idea to take K2 with it. Uh, to balance it out, which is why when I formulate things, I say, well, you know, I wouldn't want to do a straight D3 without a K2, but people can obviously take whatever they want to take. So 
that could be helpful, but I would see a chelation specialist who can do that. Okay. You also could save some money. And this is another one of those things that you don't necessarily want to want to chat about. <laughs> um, but you can do rectal EDTA. Hmm. And there's, uh, let's see, is it, uh, you think it's magnesium EDTA? Uh, but there's a, a few companies out there who make uh, suppositories. And what you do is you put one in uh, a couple uh, a couple times a week, uh, and they're about the size of a pencil eraser. It's not you know the end of the world. Uh, do it before bed, uh, and then you wake up the next morning, and you actually have to take additional calcium and other minerals because it's so good. In fact, it may be better rectally even than intravenously at sucking extra calcium out of the body. So you could do that for oh. Uh, it's probably six months to a year and get another calcium score and see if that changed things for you, uh, which could make a big difference. Uh, and that's relatively affordable compared to, you know, a bunch of $200 intravenous treatments uh, mm -hmm. or something like that, where you have to go to a doctor's office. I don't know about you, but if I could not drive to a doctor's office and spend an hour and a half getting an IV and I could just stick something in my butt. Sorry, guys, I'm taking my hour and a half back. Um, my yeah. butt's not that shy. Well, that's just we, how it is. We like our little <laughs> butt nuggets. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we'll be all right there. And it's one of the things people are going, really? I'm like, yeah, really? Because you didn't have to go to the doctor. It was totally worth it, right? Um, so I think we want to address the calcification. But then have you seen me talk about the studies where the plaque that's in our arteries comes from gut bacteria? Mm -hmm. Like 99% of it? Mm -hmm. Gee, did you have long courses of aggressive antibiotics for MRSA? Yes. I kind of think that your gut bacteria isn't maybe all the way recovered, and that could be contributing to this. Uh, for instance, you don't know if you have TMAO forming bacteria, which are a risk for cardiovascular disease. Do you know about that? No. So if you have TMAO forming bacteria, they will convert choline, which is a highly essential nutrient for neurological development. It's what makes acetylcholine. But when you eat choline, which comes from egg yolks, fish, uh, or soybeans, <laughs> uh, or, um, or some of it is in beef, the radical animal rights lobby um, hiding as a vegan health lobby have tried to convince people that because of TMAO, no one should ever eat meat again, which is just bad science. Because people like me who don't eat uh, industrial meat. I don't have TMA forming bacteria in my gut, so I can eat meat all the time and it's actually very beneficial. So in your case, you'd want to get, uh, I think a Viome test, V-I-O-M-E. I am an original advisor to the company. I'm uh, a substantial investor in the company and they're doing really good work on, on gut bacteria, but they'll tell you, do you have TMAO forming stuff in your gut? And they'll tell you some other stuff about how recovered is your gut bacteria from what you had. You should be on prebiotic fiber on a regular basis. Are you taking something like that? So I was actually taking the Viome supplements in pre and probiotic. Oh, you are taking those now? Yes. I need good. to do a okay. retest. So, um, that is so good. I was going to suggest that that might work because there's prebiotic in their probiotic, the custom probiotic. Um, you should retest. It's going to take a while to get the calcium out without chelation, mm -hmm. uh, but you should see you look at your Viome test and search and see if you have the TMAO forming. That's T okay. as in transformational, M as in Mother Mary, A as in apple, and O as in all the O words I can think of are naughty. I can't think of a good one. Orangutan. Oxygenated. 
There you go. <laughs> T-M-A-O. You could tell I wasn't in the military, right? Tango something, something, something. Anyway, um, that could be a part of the story for you. And then I want to see your LPPLA2 results, which I don't think I have here. Your no. HDL, the high-density good cholesterol, 75, which is nice. Um, your triglycerides are 56. Hallelujah. Okay. I, I want you to understand that uh, when I first went into my anti-aging doctor after doing the bulletproof thing and finding what worked, he said, well, Dave, technically your lipids are disordered because they don't look like normal lipids, but you're at low risk. And the reason I was at low risk was because my HDL was high, which yours is. My triglycerides were low, which yours are. And those are the hallmarks of going on the Bulletproof diet. I see those over and over. And if those don't go down, it's because CRP is high or because homocysteine is high. So in your case, you have two things working in your favor that they don't do in the math for risk analysis. The calcification, I don't like. You need to deal with that. But your total cholesterol is 194, and you're eating a high saturated fat diet, correct? Correct. Okay. Um, and you feel better on that, which isn't too surprising. Mm -hmm. um, your LDL size, 21.5. Let's see, what are they saying here? So the way I'm reading this is... If you're your LDL particle number, it says that your risk is low if you're under 1,000 and you're at 1,154. So your risk is moderate because if you're between 1,000 and 1,300, so you're skewed towards the low end of risk for your LDL particle number. And I wouldn't be particularly concerned if you're low or moderate. That's normal. You're not borderline high and you're not even close to that number. Your LDL-C, which is a way they're looking at your lipids, optimal is under 100, you're 109, right? So you're slightly above optimal, but both of those risk numbers are like, okay, you're way skewed towards the side of the light, right? This is good. Okay, right? <laughs> finally. <laughs> um, the calcium bothers me, right? No right. doubt about it. Your HDL is great. Your triglycerides are great. Total cholesterol, 194. Hey, you're under the 200 number, unless they lowered it to 180 to sell more drugs. You don't know anything about that in the big pharmaceutical industry or anything, do you? Like lowering numbers to sell more? <laughs> I'll say I just support employee safety. Because <laughs> you know where I work. <laughs> I'm not telling anybody. Uh, but uh, you, you might know a thing or two about that. And employee safety is very important. So, And I'm looking at your small LDLP. They want it to be under 527 or 294. I... I don't know. I am not a cardiologist by a long shot. Your VLDL is higher than, than normal. But what I find with cholesterol is, I've talked to a lot of doctors on and off the, the air. There are some who swear by advanced uh, lipid size analysis like this. And there's probably some data in there. And it, probably having more VLDL is correlated with higher risk. But how much higher risk, we have different opinions on that. And they never do systems biology to say, oh, if you have this and your triglycerides are low and your inflammation markers are low, like, oh, actually, that correlates with longer life, <laughs> not shorter life. So I don't think it's a single variable analysis is all I would say. What I'm hearing from you is your thyroid's low, which could be causing all of the negative changes, which aren't even that negative in your cholesterol size. There's a direct correlation between functioning. Um, how do I put that? <clears throat> there is a direct correlation between functioning thyroid and healthy lipid numbers that just isn't 
well acknowledged. Your cholesterol levels go up when your thyroid goes down. So your numbers are mildly elevated here, but the calcification is kind of weird. One other thing that drives calcification aside from these mold toxins I talked about, have you ever done a heavy metal panel? I just recently submitted. It was the hair sample type. Okay. So waiting for the results to come in. The hair sample types are the hardest to interpret. And the reason I'm asking this is if you have higher levels of, pretty sure from the top of my head, it's mercury and nickel, but no, lead is actually highly correlated with cardiovascular risk. Lead is the highest correlated, (laughs) but I don't know if it's the highest correlated with calcification. I just don't remember off the top of my head. Any increase in your lead, even from zero, increases cardiovascular risk very strongly. So if you have lead in there, we've got a smoking gun. Because chelation, the EDTA, guess what it sticks to best? Calcium and lead. <laughs> so I had high lead levels uh, when I was in my, my 20s, and I did EDTA chelation to get rid of the lead. The first time I did it, my skin color went from gray to pink. It was pretty amazing. Wow. So you do, uh, you do want to get that looked at because I think that's it. it it's either a, tox, a toxin thing for the calcification, which would be metals or molds, um, or possibly some gut bacteria weirdness going on here. I'm going to assume that you've addressed that because you did the Viome test and you're taking their probiotics and all. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing we, we, we have to talk about here, what's the stress burden in your life? <laughs> it has varied. Um, right about the same time I found out I was pregnant, my mother was also diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And then mm. she passed when my daughter was about six months old. So I was caretaker. How many years ago was that? Five. Okay, got it. Are you under a lot of stress now? A little bit. A little bit, but not not crazy? No. Okay. Not that I'm just falling apart. But again, I meditate. You're pretty worried about your health. Yeah, yeah. You're worried about your ability to continue being a provider? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to have to <laughs> ask you this. What would happen if you weren't available to be a provider? Because you were sick. It's real scary, isn't it? The reality is that your family and your friends would step in, wouldn't they? Okay. You have more support than your cells believe. You really do. So if you need to step back and take care of your health, which I don't even think you do here, you have a, a mild management problem, right? But if you did need to step back and say, guys, I'm spending the next six months, I really can't do much other than, you know, the very basic things, no one's going to die. Everything will work, okay? Your body doesn't know that, but you know that, and that's an old trauma, okay? Letting go of that fear, which is probably easiest to do with EMDR, would be really, really good for your inflammation numbers and your quality of life. And the way EMDR works is you go in, uh, to a therapist who does this. It's widely available now, even though it's a relatively new technique. There's a reset mode that's that's accessed by having your eyes move back and forth in a very specific pattern. And all of a sudden, you can let go of whatever whatever's behind all of this. And it's almost never something conscious, and it's almost never something uh, that even makes much sense from the way we think about things. All this is, is your body sincerely and desperately wanting to keep itself and the next generation alive. And it will do anything, including make you unhappy, in order to make sure that that happens. But you don't have to be unhappy for that to happen, but the body will try to do that because it wants it to, right? And that's 
a very common fear for moms and dads. It, it hits men and women a little bit differently uh, on average, right? And for guys, especially if there's mold and stuff like that, it's, you know, how will I protect my family anymore? Barbed wire and guns, right? Because that's kind of, you know, male energy stuff. And then on the female side, it's, oh my God, I have to be a caregiver. What if I'm not here? You know, I have to be able to wake up early and, you know, make muffins for my kids, even though they don't even want muffins. Okay. I'm being a little stereotypical here, but it's the nurturing versus defending kind of thing. Um, so when there's stressors in your body, right, and then you have data that's a stressor, that data can actually make it bigger and bigger and it can just snowball inside. So that what EMDR does is it lets you turn off that switch. And I've, I, I'm relatively experienced in this because when people come into 40 years of Zen to do the neurofeedback stuff, um, well, these kind of things come up all the time. And this is something that I was dealt with. Hell, I bought disability insurance when I was in my mid-20s because I wasn't sure I'd be able to feed myself or the family I didn't even have yet <laughs> because I was so worried about my health because my brain wasn't working and I knew something wasn't right. In your case, you're tired because your thyroid is off. Okay, you need to tweak your thyroid meds. You're taking you know, one grain of armor thyroid and 50 micrograms of synthroid. Mm-hmm. which is T4, which explains your numbers, but they're not working, right? My guess is you need a grain of, th- of armor in the morning and a grain at night and magically it might get better or work with your doctor. They'll, they'll have more experience than I do there. That's just what I've seen in myself and, and others who've shared their stuff with me. So you're going to do that. And then, ah, energy's back. Energy comes back, cardiac things get better. Deal with either the metals, the mold, and I think those are the likely causes of the calcium and then deal with the calcium. And we've got two strategies for you there, right? And I think awesome. you're going to feel that your life, your quality of life goes up. It's already pretty good, it sounds mm-hmm. like. Yes. Right? It'll go up. But deal with the worry separately from all those things because I promise you that even if you get rid of those things, that same part of you that's worried about being a good mom, it's going to worry about, I don't know, maybe your car isn't big enough and there could be a car accident. There's always something to worry about. So we got to deal with the mom worry, which is there to keep your babies alive. It's okay that it's there. We got to deal with it so it doesn't run things. Yep. Okay. (laughs) Sound like a good plan? Sounds just so easy. (laughs) (laughs) No, I like challenges. So this is good. Yeah. So now you know, now you know where to go. Um, Mm -hmm. You know where to go to do the next steps. Thank you, Christine, for sharing the stuff you're afraid of, right? The fear stuff, as well as the numbers, so that everyone listening can learn. This is this is important stuff, and there are lots of men and lots of women who are dealing with some kind of health thing. They might even not get a lab, but they just ignore a symptom, or they get a lab and go, "That was scary." And the first thing we do when we're afraid of something is we run away from. The first F word, right? We can run away or we can hide. And that's what most people do, right? And then it gets worse and worse. And then when they can't run away because they don't have any lung capacity left, (laughs) uh, it's a lot harder to fix it. So what you're doing right now is actually an act of courage because you're saying, I'm not going to do those things. I'm actually going to do something about it. And you're going to do it early. So Mm -hmm. congratulations, Christine. Uh, you, You know where to go. Thank you. Thank you. Again, it's a blessing. I will see you on the next Upgrade Collective call, right? Yes. Excellent. And guys, the Upgrade Collective is my membership and mentorship group where you get to dial in for most of the podcasts as a live studio audience. You have a call with me every couple of weeks, a call with the coaching team every week, and a very vibrant, supportive community who helps each other. We learn together. I teach you every one of my books 
I teach you every one of my books as a small course, so they're very easy to learn. I'll teach you how to eat, teach you how to make your brain work, how to live a very long time, what to do with your life now that you have more of it, all that kinds of stuff. That's all in here, and it's other people like you and me. So I'd love to see you, ourupgradecollective.com, and it's totally worth your time. I'm having a blast. If you like more content like this or you'd like to work with me directly, definitely join the Upgrade Collective, which is my membership and mentorship group um, that you can join. There's more than 200 videos, including four courses where I teach you every one of my books because not everyone learns by reading. I get you discounts on tons of health and performance products that I actually use. You get to be in the live studio audience, interact with guests on the show, ask me questions, type things back and forth. And every week there's community coaching calls, And every other week or thereabouts, I am on a call delivering new content and answering questions for you. So this is a way to be part of a group of people who really care a lot about upgrading themselves and upgrading humanity, which is part of my core mission. Just go to OurUpgradeCollective.com to join. The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.